What's up, guys? You forget your pin number? Whoa, you're the Avengers! What are you guys doing here? Thor, Hulk, good to finally meet you guys. Oh, you'd be more handsome in person. Iron Man! Hey, what are you doing robbing a bank? You're a billionaire. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. All right, we're continuing our Spider-Man journey. We are finally, or not finally, we have made it to Tom Holland's Spider-Man Homecoming 2017. Yeah, just like that. We're in the newest saga. And this is just, this is such a good one to revisit. It's such a good movie. It's so good. Most of my notes, which I will just say up here at the top, it's, I have three pages of notes. Normally I have maybe a page and a half. Three dense pages. Y'all can't see the journal, but I can, and I can confirm. Um, it's a lot of gushing. I really enjoyed this movie. Like, valid gushing. Like, having seen the other two, which in my notes I have them as TM and AG... It's just, like, hard to compare. But my overall note, I think, was, like, this feels like a Marvel movie, not a Spider-Man movie. Definitely. Definitely. Which I know is kind of, like, like parsing whatever, like... But I think that's valid, because I think you're not the only person to see that. And, like, it's, you know, like, to me, like, I agree. And I'm like, is it because it's there's so much Tony Stark? Is it because there's, like, all this Avengers background? Or is it just, like the MCU style. I think it's the style. Applied, right? There's one very specific part that screams comic book movie to me, and I'll get to that, but it's on towards the end. It's on until the end. Okay. Um, did you have some overall thoughts? I mean, this like before is just, we get into the nitty gritty. I, you know, they couldn't have done a better introductory movie for the MCU Spider-Man than this. And I think it was really nice that, they were, weren't really weighed down with the baggage of having to do another origin movie. They had, like, a rich background from the rest of the MCU that they could build these characters off of and provide background, especially for Michael Keaton, who stole the show here, I think. I think he's incredible. Did such a good job of making Vulture, who I feel like is really easily like, played up in the comics and the games as a frail old man who robs banks and turned him into something that was truly threatening. The side character cast is incredible. Well, I, I had a question. So the Michael King character, was he, like, a, like have this background of, like, being salvage, kind of? Or was it... I mean, obviously, like, the whole, like, using alien technology was for this movie, but um, how much of it was new, I guess... Because I didn't even know that much, except for, I guess, like, briefly from the video game. He's like, and we don't really have a backstory there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like they, the original story was he was an engineer who, like, had a company with a business partner. And Tombs creates a flight harness. I don't think that's his... They don't say... 
his last name, do they? Because it's Liz Allen. Do they say it's Liz Allen? That's the name of the character from the comics. I think they... They do. Well, might. either way. I don't know. Um, he builds I, a flight harness, finds out that his business partner has been embezzling money and basically causes him to lose his job and gets superhuman strength from exposure to whatever he used to build this harness and oh, then turns so to a life different. of crime. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... I mean, we can just get into it because we... I'm sorry, unless you were about to say anything about side characters. Um, yeah, nothing crazy. Just they're very believable, all the other high schoolers. And I just really like how Peter interacts with everybody. They even have Flash's character playing not your typical... Bully. Like, physical bully. Well, yeah, um, they go to this like nerdy school and they like do a really good job with the high school, I think. I think... This is the most realistic version of Flash. Because I, I went to school with people like Flash. You know, they're not they're like outright... Why are you cool? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Just like confident, I guess. I just really like the, the world that they've built here. It's very cozy, kind of. I don't know. It's just... There's nice. like a community. Yeah. Um... I, yeah, I do think that this is the most accurate portrayal of high school because we talked a lot about that in both TM and AG uh, Spider-Mans. Right. Obviously, Tobey Maguire was old and so was everybody else. And the Andrew Garfield movies just didn't have that much happening in the school. Well, they were there, but like not really. We talked about it, but like yeah. he doesn't have like friends. Yeah. Um, and they, but like, so I said it wasn't really like a comic-y book movie, but... They do have a lot of references to Spider-Man stuff. Like, you can tell that the writers took a lot of care in, like, having the news anchor be a character that pops up throughout the series. And, like, yeah, obviously Flash. And I think Ned is a made-up character, maybe. Um, He's, like, a mix. Ned is an original character. Yeah. But they kind of mashed him up with... Like, Harry? There's, like... Miles Morales is Ned, basically, from the Ultimate Comics uh, universe. They kind of mashed them together. Yeah, he's in the video game. Yeah. Um, Genki. Yeah. Kind of just took both characters, turned them into one. Because I think the original Ned is kind of similar to Peter. Slightly cooler. A romantic rival, I think. Interesting. Wasn't that before. just like Harry? <laughs> in the Andrew, or in the um, Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah. But not as smart. <laughs> kind of. Because I never read the comics to the point where Harry was introduced. Oh, okay. So I think in in their own ways, they both kind of took aspects from multiple characters to make their friend. I do think it's interesting that there's no mention of Oscorp in this. At all. I think that was a really... Deliberate. <laughs> deliberate, yeah. We're not going to do this because the last two sagas leaned really heavily. Well, the first one didn't, but... Amazing Spider-Man was leaning a lot into Oscorp. The first one was also Oscorp. Well, I, I was saying like the whole trilogy, which is not true. Except for I mean, Harry, Harry yeah. but not the company so much. I mean, semantics. A bit. Um, yeah, so will we start with getting to see Michael Keaton in allegedly 2012? 2011, if we're being generous? Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely 2012. I think one of the Russos was saying like this was a mistake they they botched the eight years later thing um but 
I think this was a really great way to tie in Avengers to Spider-Man because we're watching this out of order of our MCU watch, but we are just coming off of Civil War. Yeah. Has anything come out since Civil War? Um, Ant-Man, maybe? Guardians 2. Oh, so not relevant. No, not at all. Um, And so I think they just did a good job of, like, bringing it in. And Doctor Strange. So a couple things that were not... We hadn't revisited that story until now in any way. Um, I like that they mentioned, like, he has a kid, and, like, we all kind of assume that it's a boy because he's, like, drawing pictures of comics. Um, Pretty sneaky. There's a couple other sneaky references that I'll mention later, kind of clues. Because even watching it again, this... We'll talk about it later. The twist really caught everybody off guard. But it's not like they dumped a bunch of stuff in your face. So when you go back through a watch through, you realize, you know, it's very subtle. It's very subtle. But like not like they're trying to be so sneaky. No. Not, not. like they were trying to um, fake it out. Like they just did it as like a straight up twist, basically. Right. Um, so we get the introduction of... This new department of damage control, which it feels like this is being set up as like a thing that's going to come up again in the MCU. And it never does. Like, I thought this woman that came in was definitely going to come back. And it's kind of weird that she hasn't, especially with Avengers 2. Well, I guess we're post-Avengers 2, so never mind. We are. Scratch that. (laughs) It definitely seems like one of those things that was kind of underdeveloped, half-baked. Well, yeah, because I guess it's also retcon, because it would have come up in Avengers 2. Yeah, it should have been a huge deal. Because this was Avengers. Right. This was, like, right after Avengers. And um, I know that a while ago, I don't know when this was. Okay, it was before this came out. There was supposed to be a TV show, an ABC TV show about damage control. Kind of like a, what was the other one that came out? There's a, a DC one, right? No, no, the um, show that you watched. Agents the Mar- of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, Agents yeah, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it also would have been on ABC. But there was a DC Universe show called Powerless, and it had Danny Pudi, who played Abed in Community, like working in an office in that universe, so they would always get interrupted with like superhero bullshit oh weird i think it got canceled after one season and yeah. this one never even made it to air they ordered a pilot and that was it yeah so that was interesting and i do think that it's really fucked up that they wouldn't have paid out their contract like that doesn't make any sense that they're like okay just goodbye your contract is now void like i don't think they would do that <laughs> There's no way. I mean, I get, like, they're they're creating a really good motivation for him. And I think it's, like, one of the strongest villain plots, I guess. Like, he has a really good, strong, like, arc to stand on. I agree. Um, but that's the only part I was like, I don't think that that's how they would do that. You wouldn't hope. You wouldn't hope. But things are weird in the MCU at this point, so... Wait, what do you mean things are weird? As in... Like in the background? The federal like government would Kevin be... Kevin Feige stuff? Or... No, I meant like oh. in-universe. Oh. As in the government is panicking. Because this... Because is... they've just been invaded by aliens. So maybe things that they wouldn't do otherwise 
they're just... They're in, like... They're in crisis mode. Yeah. So they're just saying, fuck it, we're not going to pay them because we need to get our hands on this stuff as soon as possible. Really shitty. Definitely. I think they had grounds to sue. And no tact. The transition from we get the title screen going into... Well, they are later. <laughs> and I guess the fact that they used the original Spider-Man theme instead of the regular MCU fanfare. Just so cool. I was really hyped when I heard that when we saw this in theaters. Clearly a very nice touch. I didn't, I didn't really pick up on that. Really? Well, it's I don't like know. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It was like an orchestral version of that. I'm just not up on the music. I don't really pay attention. <laughs> uh, either way, starting this off with the film by Peter Parker was genius. Yeah, so he's, like, going around, like, talking. And it's a really, really good way to bring us up to speed on where we're at. And, like, okay, this is what you missed on Spider-Man. I'm a kid that has these powers, and I've been recruited to help with Civil War, and now I'm back. And then it does this beautiful transition out of the video camera mode into, like, wide screen like normal um whatever and it was just like so great and i was actually like paying attention to it this time like i don't think i paid attention at all in theaters yeah really well done i thought that was so cool because it's like the moment it transitions is like literally okay now we're in present day and it was just like we've finished our recap kind of and i know we've already talked about we're so like happy not to get another origin story for spider-man right like, they gave us the little bit that they deemed necessary in Civil War, and now we can just move on. We know the deal. We know who he is. We know who Aunt May is. Let's just get right into it. Yep, so we're right into it at high school. Yeah. And we can't have one thing consistent in every Spider-Man set of movies we've had <laughs> is a creepy Peter Parker <laughs> And we get it once again with Tom Holland staring at Liz's sweater and wondering, have we seen that one before? And um, And Ned knows. Yep. He knows that that they they have. have, But never with that skirt. But they also are like, we should set before it gets creepy. So I think we're past the point. And MJ witnesses it all. Sorry, Michelle. Yeah. Great introduction to everybody, as well as Ned coming up with the Lego Emperor Palpatine. I didn't have very many notes about him just kind of doing a Spider-Man thing. My next note is like the bank robbery or the ATM robbery. Uh, Same here, but we do see the guy on the bus from Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah. Telling Spider-Man to do a backflip. And it was nice to see him like doing his little thing, like really being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, stopping the bike thief and stuff. But like, not really. Not doing a good job. Like, was it a bike thief or was that that guy's bike? I'm pretty sure that that guy (laughs) was actually a bike thief. I think the only mistake was the car. (laughs) Yeah, pretty funny. Which we uh, watched the deleted scenes as well. And we are led to believe that that man will be stuck next to his car for six to seven hours waiting <laughs> oh, for the yeah. web to dissolve. I'm like, damn, that fucking sucks. 
So this is like MCU's version of New York, which could be anything, but like kind of in present day New York, like the crime rate is pretty low, like compared to when Spider-Man comics were really popular. Right. Um, and even like, I would say like Tobey Maguire era New York was still like a very different time. So it's just kind of funny for it to be like, he's like in a, like work on all this crime in New York. And it's like, I mean, obviously New York has crime, but like, it's not really, there's not really a need for it. And they kind of show that in this, like in a very subtle way. Right. Like his whole mission in this could be solved and is on the brink of being solved by professionals that don't need super strength. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have Spider-Man than the cops. <laughs> Agreed. I do like that this movie like really feels like it takes place in Queens. Yeah, not a lot of tall buildings. <laughs> no, it's just a nice change of pace because Queens seems like it should be a big part of Peter Parker's identity, but I guess just because of like flashiness and recognition, the other movies took place mostly in Manhattan. Well, and you need all those buildings or skyscrapers to, to jump off of for sure. But this was a nice change of pace because I buy it more that. He wants to protect his neighborhood. Maybe well, he can't afford to take the train in, and there's not exactly a lot of things to swing on to get over there, so. I do think TM Spider-Man does it well, because he starts out in Queens and then, like, moves to the city. Yes. So I think they make that make sense. Definitely. Andrew Garfield, he's just straight up in the city. Yeah. They don't really talk about it. Um... I think it's a really funny bit to have the bank robbers in the Avengers masks. It wasn't like heavy handed. It was just like a funny bit. And the fact that Spider-Man says like, oh, nice to meet you, Thor and Hulk. Like what a nice little reference to the fact that they weren't there, which I sometimes forget about. Oh yeah, I definitely always forget that Hulk's not there. Because like even now... Peter doesn't really know Bruce or Thor. Well, yeah, like, they were both there for, you know, in Endgame at least. But who knows like, when we'll ever see them interact. There's not really a reason for it. That's OK. I mean, it is fine. He doesn't need to meet everybody, but it actually like works with where his character is at this point in the universe anyway. Right. He's like, I'm basically an Avenger. I'm like, you don't even know all the Avengers. <laughs> You've met maybe half of them. Um, I do also think that he has good quips. He, it's similar to Andrew Garfield's yeah. AG's quips, which I hadn't really noticed the first time. Like, like because we get a, you know in that scene in particular. Also, like we're only in like maybe the first fifteen or twenty minutes of the movie, and I'm already like Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man, and same goes for Aunt May. <laughs> Obviously, Aunt May. But I, I mean, as far as like the best Spider-Man goes, that's still a, that's still a tough question. I don't think so. Well, it was maybe like, it's not for you. I know, but I'm just saying, like watching this, like no part of me, I was like even trying to be critical, like thinking about things that I wish like were differently with his either Peter or with his Spider-Man, and I couldn't really think of anything. Like, they show him being really smart, which I think both of the movies... Well, they do... Actually, I think they do a good job of that in Andrew Garfield's. Um, they show him being, like, not cool and 
like they, that all Peter stuff is really good. He's like super awkward. He's got an issue with like wanting to be something bigger than himself and like what his like goal is. Like he has like the good internal conflict. And then I think his Spider-Man is like fine, but like, like there's nothing too one way or the other about it, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I do agree. It, it balances it really well. And he's, you're right. He's really good. And he's a bad boyfriend, but like not in a suffocating, problematic way. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no matter how many times he ditches Liz, it's not going to compare to what <laughs> Peter does to MJ in the, the third movie, especially. Just brutal. And yeah, there's no argument about Aunt May. No, of course not. Also, he has a reference to, like, everything that May has been through. He says that to Ned. Like, after everything she's been through, I can't say this. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't caught that line before of him kind of just saying, like, she's already been through a lot. Yeah. It kind of leaves that open. And there's something later, too, that made me think about that also. And a lot of that is just coming from the fact that we don't, at the time, they didn't feel like they needed to do that again. Everyone knows what happened. But just recently announced was a Disney Plus animated show called Spider-Man Freshman Year that is confirmed to be in MCU canon. So I'm wondering who's Spider-Man? Like. Tom Holland. He's voicing him. But like 1997. I didn't say that. Oh. Did you in my head hear me say X-Men 1997? Because I was talking about that the other day. I thought that the Spider-Man freshman year thing was also like a retro thing. Mm -mm. Okay, well, that makes sense. No, it's it's confirmed that it's about Tom Holland's Spider-Man before we see him join the MCU. Oh, so like when he first, like it's his origin, yeah. basically. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting that they're, they're choosing to go back and tell that story now. Do you think there is an Uncle Ben? There's got to be an Uncle Ben. That would be, you can't not have an Uncle Ben. I don't know. I feel like I like their his relationship with Aunt May and that like she's kind of just been like this single single aunt raising him. It's yeah, like obviously like goes against like Spider-Man comics, but I just like it. And I, I, I really like their relationship. I do too, but you got to have a Ben. So I am curious to see how they handle that. I think even the Spider-Man that we saw in What If said something about Ben Parker and that was supposed to be like a multiverse version of the same Spider-Man, I guess, even though it wasn't Tom Holland. So yeah, there definitely was a reference to Uncle Ben. I don't know. So we'll, I'm curious to see how they uh, how they play that and see you know kind of if they make it work with what's been established in this movie, even though it's not I'm sure much. they will. Yeah, Peter quitting the academic decathlon, not a good move. And banned. And whatever just else he was everything. in. Like, come on, man. It's all about the Stark internship. It's also just like, how did you not think people were going to get suspicious? Because Michelle plays it off like she doesn't actually think he's hiding something. But then we later find out that she definitely knows that he's Spider-Man. He's running off all the time. May's basically put it together halfway through the movie. Not subtle. Not subtle at all. So, of course, Ned finds out. Oh, yeah. Which is just... That's a really funny scene. I love that so much. 
I, I just really like that they had him find out so early because it would have been easy to retread old ground with keeping it secret from more than just May or the love interest. Yeah, I think it was really refreshing to just have like a confidant. And I feel like it does go against like a lot of like Spider-Man's internal turmoil, I guess. But for us as like the watchers... I am the watcher. Um, it was nice. I also believe that this, like, very early Spider-Man would not have as much of a complex about it yet. Because, like, nothing's really happened. Well, like, as we a don't know. Of people knowing his identity. Like, well, at this point obviously. in his story. Yeah. But it, nothing had happened for any of the other ones. That's true. Either. That's true. Maybe I'm just saying, like, how Tom Holland is interpreting the character there's like more like there's still a bit of like that naivety there that I'm yeah, like yeah but he yeah, I still is like I want to wear a mask and, and all that stuff it also helps that it's not like he just told Ned right like oh like uh, you I'm gonna only trust you with this right was, and he's like was, you have to keep it a if secret. it was up to him Ned wouldn't have known about it yeah exactly before that though very sad about the bodega blowing up my note was this shit is sadder than Tony Stark dying. But nobody died. Yeah, but the best sandwiches in the city died. In Queens. Oh, very sad. What about the cat? Do we see the cat? The cat survived. Right, we did he see the saves cat. the cat. One of the other best bits of this whole movie. Do you know what I'm going to say? Captain America oh, doing the obviously. I love that so much. And like the post-credit, post-post-credit scene. What I wonder about is at what point is this after Cap waking up? Right. But the amount of time, it's been four years. It's been eight years. It's been four years. And, you know, within, I don't know. When did he have the time? It's only been the last couple of months that he's on the run. Yeah. When did he have the time? I like, love it. We know you're busy. Maybe, I'm guessing this was... Also, why did he do post it? Post-Avengers pre-Winter Soldier. They're like, it's for the kids, yeah. Cap. He's giving back. <laughs> He's given he, enough. He totally would do that, though. He'd be like, oh, yeah, definitely. It was already funny enough, yeah, and like you said, the, how did the post credit scene? That's just the cherry on top. Also, we get it, like, twice in the movie. Like, once it was like, oh, this is funny, and then we get it again, <laughs> and it was great. And Hannibal Burris yeah. is, is funny in this. It's a great touch. Like, With Martin Starr, I just love it. Oh, man. And I forgot that. Um, love Martin Starr. They, they're great. And then in Far From Home, they have J.B. Smoove playing the other teacher that goes in the field. Oh, He's yeah. also so good. Um, but, yeah, that's like what I was talking about with the side cast. I know I was saying the high schoolers, but also, yeah, Martin Starr fantastic choice for this and he's in the movie like just the right amount yeah and uh that must have been in part because well he's from he's... as we all know the incredible hulk yeah and he was also in um he was also in freaks and geeks for anyone that's gone back to to revisit that classic and one of the writers of this movie john francis daly played sam Who's the main character what? of Freaks and Geeks? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know he got into writing. He's really great. Yeah. So I. Wait, isn't that the same guy from Bones? 
Yes. I did not I did not see Bones, but yeah, Dr. Lance Sweets. You haven't seen any of Bones? I've seen a bit of Bones. It's been a long time. Anywho, so that's a very fun little tie-in. And I, I wonder how that happened. Obviously, Martin Starr had been in the MCU before, but like barely. Character yeah, no. did not have a name. <laughs> um I guess I'm at the party or post-party. I was just like, really good vulture snatch when he picks them up. Yes. I think I might be ahead of you. But, but the only thing I said before that was, if I was Peter, I would want to kill Ned. I know. For saying it. I was like, Like, you have one job. That like, is the worst thing you could have done. Also, like, Tom's being so good about, like, not using Spider-Man as, like, a way to and, like, become popular. <laughs> It's what it is there in high school, but I'm like, Ned does not apologize. Not at all. He thinks, he he stands by what he says. All he says is, come on, man. Like, this will get us popular. Like, I feel like, like, for the rest of the movie, Ned is, like, so logical about stuff. Yeah. I see it, though. No, I do, too. He just blurted it out and then just feels the need to double down on it, but... My favorite and saddest Ned line is, that's not working, man. You gotta get back here. Oh, so good. Oh, Ned. Even after May's, like, some... <laughs> uh, what, what does she say? Like, some hats wear men, <laughs> but you wear that hat. Oh, May. <laughs> but back to the vulture snatch. This is where I was thinking to myself, they did a really good job of making Vulture super intimidating. Oh, yeah. And it's it's 99% the helmet when he's in costume, though, with the green eyes. And I I think before this came out and it was announced that Vulture was going to be the villain, some people were like, well, Falcon is in the MCU, so I wonder if it's just going to be like, this guy somehow comes into... A version oh, of the Falcon that's pack, but what they did was way cooler. Yeah, because it's very crude looking, which makes sense if it's made from all salvaged parts, and it's just it's clunky, it's loud. <laughs> I just I love it so much. I don't feel like we talk enough about how smart the guy that created all of this stuff was. Like the, the tinkerer, yeah. Is that oh, is that him? It is the tinkerer. Oh, interesting. They never say it, but I, I think it's either in the credits or maybe someone says his name. But oh, that's really interesting. Okay, that's a good nod also to the video game. Um, yeah, I just think like he also kind of feels like he should be in the next movie with like that whole Mysterium group of like down and out like cast of people, but like. I don't know. I just feel like he should have been recruited by um, somebody, somebody like Stark or whatever. Cause he's like, I don't know if, I don't know how intuitive the alien technology is. Like he immediately was already like doing stuff with it. Like, I just think it's really cool. Right. And he doesn't really get enough credit. I mean, he's like definitely a bad guy. Um, But he doesn't seem like a bad guy. But he's, like, creating... Weapons. Weapons. Indeed. Like, bad weapons. Because that death is fucking brutal. It really is. And when everyone's kind of fine with guy. it. I mean, they're all, like, tired of his bullshit, but... Yeah, knock off Tom Hardy needed to get got. 
I hope that they have this guy show up in Armor Wars, maybe. That's the, the Tinkerer? Only... Yeah. Or the other, like... The Tinkerer. Because that's the only place it makes sense to me. The Shocker guy. I guess that was, um... So the guy who gets the Shocker stuff second is Herman Schultz, who's, like, the original Shocker in the comics. Oh. We're probably never going to see that guy again. I don't think we're going to see him again. Michael Mando as Scorpion. I don't think... Yeah, I was going to... They just teased that, and then... It's just gone in a completely different direction. Yeah, I love him. Me too. I would love to see it's, him it's in something. It's a shame. Like, I'm, I'm very excited for what's to come. It would be also, cool if they brought him into a different plot. Like, it doesn't have to be Spider-Man's, but... Yeah, just keep him around. He's just so good. I think they would have brought them back if the multiverse hadn't really become a thing. Yeah. Because from what I can glean, the original plan was not this. Like, not what we have coming. Interesting. But that's all. That's all elsewhere. Um, also, like, during all of this, we get a Tony um, part. Yes. Where he's, like, which I I remembered from Iron Man 3 that he's not really in the suit. Um but what is he, what is happening in the greater Avenger world during this time? Like, Tony's just like hanging out in some like like Dubai or something, and I think he's seems, just trying to relax. Yeah, he doesn't seem stressed about anything, and I guess like that's the whole point of the Sokovia Accords. Like you're like just on retainer. He also wouldn't be doing anything at the time. Well, yeah, that's what I was asking. Like, what is happening? Civil War is over. And then what's the next time they all come back together? It's Infinity War? Mm -hmm. That's the next time we really see them? Yeah. Which is in how many movies? Two. Well, it's two years in real time between the two. But, I mean... So, yeah, what... The movies that happened between... Black Widow. Civil War and... (laughs) Yeah, that's going on. Like, there's some, like, later on, there's, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Black Panther and stuff, but, like, nothing that's really on the scale that would concern Tony and the other Avengers. Interesting. Okay. So he has, yeah, I was he has just the wondering. time to worry about it, I guess. And I guess he's not, like, trying to find Cap. No, somebody else is. I don't know who's trying to find them. I guess Ross and, yeah. like, governance and such. Oh, but uh, right before that, um, we meet Aaron Davis, Donald Glover's character, trying to buy weapons from Vulture's gang, and they are massively upselling him, because he's like, I just want something to stick up people with, and they're selling him anti-gravity guns and lasers and stuff. Did you already say this is the Prowler? No, I didn't, but yeah, we, we confirmed in this watch through. Yeah, I yeah I have that part later. Again, you know. But we can talk about it now. Don't see them really bringing this back because I just don't know when. You don't think they'll do a Miles Morales? Eventually, but I mean, you know, anything could happen. It just seems like. I think maybe it would actually be cool if they did a Miles Morales that isn't part of like whatever's happening in Avenger world, and maybe that's how they they bring in Scorpion or whatever. Oh, that would be really... That's a great idea. Thank you. I hope they do that. Because Donald Glover is a great addition. Even if it's like a TV show. Yeah. I think actually a TV show of Miles Morales would be really cool. Like kind of procedural, but like it doesn't have to be like totally procedural. Yeah. I think that would be good. Like day to day. Like... Yeah. Because this was like a bit part for him and it was a nice addition, but also 
we want more. But he mentions, I've got a nephew in this neighborhood. Yeah. And yeah, on his like rap sheet, it says like Prowler. Um, I'm already in Washington. I feel like the movie has good pacing. I know we talked a lot about pacing in the other movies. It definitely does. At no point, I knew where the plot was going, of course, but at no point was I waiting for something else to happen. The only time I was like, oh, when is that Staten Island scene coming up? And then immediately it was like the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they have really good, like, I think I have this note somewhere else, but like this Washington stuff is like a really good mid-level conflict because it's not with an enemy per se, but he's still doing like a high conflict scene. And I think that's really yeah a good a good choice for a movie that doesn't get done a lot, I, I don't think. I agree. And it's nice because I think a frequent criticism of Tom Holland's Spider-Man is how much he relies on the technology in the suit. The gadgets. And Karen. And she's pretty providing commentary on all of this, but at well, the same time... she's also controlling the suit. But at the same time, for this scene, it's Peter that has to climb up, and it's Peter that has to get the momentum to kick through the window... And be the one that decides to jump over the helicopter and swing back around. Like, that's just him. Yeah. And it's not, there's nothing really helping him do that. Well, he's smart. Don't forget that. Yes. Um, oh, we haven't even talked about him getting stuck in the... Well, yeah, I, I know. It? I jumped ahead. I had, well, I had one note about Ned after we were just saying, like, he shouldn't have said anything. I was like, he's being such a good friend in this Washington scene and, like, very responsible. He's like, I don't think this is a good idea. I think we need to get someone else involved. Like, I do not think you should do this. But he's like, you know, supports them. But I, I'm like, thank you for saying this, Ned. Someone's got to be the, the voice he's of He's like, reason. you are a kid. Like, yeah. of course they're treating you like a kid. But yes, okay, so he's stuck. Well, he ends up in Maryland. Shout out to Maryland. Shout out. If you know us, we're, we're real Marylanders. I wish they would have said where it was, because I just, it was really close to D.C. So, probably can't have been that far. Yeah, probably. Um, but of all the things that could have happened, obviously he has his little confrontation with Vulture on the truck, but whereas this could have just been another battle, it's almost worse to just be <laughs> just stuck in this warehouse with... He did stop them from no getting the uh, yes. stuff. His plan did succeed, but at the cost of missing the decathlon tournament. They did great without him. They did. They don't they don't need him, that flake. Um, how long after her was this movie? Four years. And do you think they should have just gotten Scarlett Johansson to do Karen? <laughs> would that have been that would have been so weird? <laughs> Man, what kind of crossover is this? It just reminded me of her and like he's like talking to her and she like has a personality. I guess she's kind of like his Jarvis, but Yeah. Tony's like, hey, like, are you around? Can you do some voice work for my new suit? Also, I had this note kind of floating because I forgot where it happened. But I think the most accurate detail they included in this movie was that his phone screen is cracked. I noticed that too. They were on the bus. <laughs> I was like, oh, absolutely. Even though it's in that heavy ass case and it's still broken. I'm very curious as to what the apparently 500 plus powers this suit has because we don't really see any of them i know peter doesn't know how to use it but 
I don't even think we'll really get any more of it in the next movie either, because I think they tried to maybe move away from it a bit. Yeah. Well, and he, he builds the other suit that doesn't have any of this stuff, but... I have no memory of the second movie other than the end and the Ferris wheel. Yeah. No, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. This one, uh, you know, I'll see how I feel about Far From Home again. But as of right now, and as it was before, this one reigns supreme. But some people really what? swear I by. You said that you liked the Far that From That was home like better. when we saw Guardians two, and I was like, I like that more. And then a while later, I was like, no. But we'll see. Yeah, and I'm always like, no, I didn't like it as much. You're like, what? I had that. They call it recency bias. Yeah. And I get that really hard, I think. I think I'm the opposite. I don't like the new <laughs> ones as much until upon a rewatch. I like what I know. I don't like change. <laughs> um, the elevator scene of this um, monument is really bad. Um, trauma, PTSD. It is activating something for the Gwen Stacy stuff. It's too soon. It's too soon and I didn't appreciate it, even though no one died in this. I didn't like being reminded of this, even though I know it's like a tower, a bell tower or whatever. It was stressful, though. That was a real sweaty palms moment, both for Peter and for everybody stuck inside. Not Poor so Martin. good. Yeah. He's having all his lady troubles. <laughs> that's heard, in the delete. Yeah. No, no, that wasn't the deleted That's scenes. right, that's right. What did you say when Karen was like, here's your chance, Peter, kiss her? You, were t- you said something about like what Karen's motivations were or something. Do you remember? I don't remember what I said, but I was like, like what, like who is Karen? Like, how is she rooting for this? Like what is happening? I don't know. They do too much with the like one-off Stark AIs in both of these movies. I think I like Jarvis because we know Jarvis and we get backstory on Jarvis, and then Jarvis becomes Vision. These other ones, I'm like, Karen is never seen again. And the Edith thing from the second one, I'm like, we're never going to see that again. Like, I think it should just be direct. Like, this is what this does. Like, it shouldn't be, like, this conversation yeah. personality thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't love that. I don't love that. It, it just reminded me of her. I'll just say it again. <laughs> and here comes the... Staten Island Ferry disaster. Such a good scene, though. It's a great scene. Um, yeah. Well, it's just, it's it's rough because I totally vibe with Peter being like, I'm here, I'm doing the right thing. I, you know, Tony wouldn't listen to me, so I have to go do it myself. But upon a rewatch, I'm like, God damn, like, he almost got so many people killed in the crossfire of this it was completely none of the rest of this movie would have happened yeah it was rough um but it's again like another conflict i mean there are villains there but it's also like he's like fighting a place like this fairy or like when he was like fighting the monument and yeah he makes light work of the enemies that are there yeah they're not a problem right <laughs> it's only a problem when the fairy breaks in half um, but it does lead to this conversation with Iron Man after, which I have at least a four prong note on. Go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I guess, did you want to get anything out before I go on a, not a tirade, but like a, 
Um, only so much as, let's see, I, I think the way that they chose to do this was clever because we have these Spider-Man super strength scenes in the other movies. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we're going to give you an opportunity to see just how strong he is. Most iconic one being the train scene from right. Spider-Man 2, of course. So I, I thought it was interesting that they had him, they presented it in a way that's like, okay, here's the scene. And, and it, fails, it, it works kind of. for a bit. And then it doesn't work, and then Tony Stark has to come save his ass like he's done so many other times in this movie. But then he kind of gets this redemption later in the movie. They give him another opportunity, and no one's there to help. And I'm like, that... I, I understand... That's a really what, good point. I didn't really put that together well, like that. I, I just... That, that just kind of goes in line with like how I think about these movies. So many people have a criticism that it leans too much on Tony Stark. That's, and that Peter yeah. leans too much on yeah. Tony Stark, which I get. And I think, like, in some regards, the characterization suffers because he has the suit and these connections and stuff. I guess it's not very, like, classic Spider-Man. But I think that moment and how they handled it here is very true to who Peter Parker is. Well, and it sounds like what you're saying is, like, they also are noting that. Yes. And it's, like, part, it is that is his plot that he's dealing with and, like, Tobey Maguire dealing with, like, this weight of the world and yeah. Andrew Garfield dealing with, do I separate from, like, my loved ones or not? Right. Like, um, but, yeah, so I... We get a couple of really good things in this Iron Man conversation, kind of like to that end. Well, one, if you're going to listen to him and call the feds, maybe you should let him know that you're doing that so he doesn't go off and do something on his own. Because I actually feel like he did make the right call like to go there because he felt like he had to. The same reason why he makes the decision at homecoming, like, I have to go do this. Yeah, like totally. So he doesn't really learn his lesson. Totally so, right, totally right. Um, I think it's a power move walking out of his suit the way he does. <laughs> okay, so those are two of my pranks, so those aren't as important. Walking out the suit, wearing a suit. <laughs> He's not fucking around. Um, but so I just, I think that they bring up two really good things that are a callback to, like, kind of pen, like, the ultimate Spider-Man conflicts. One is this idea of, and this kind of ties in really nicely with the Iron Man plot, it's like... If you had, if someone had died, or if you had died, like, that would be on, like, think about your conscience, and, like, that's directly coming from, like, what Iron Man has gone through, what Tony has gone through with Avengers 2, and, like, all of this stuff that he's had to, like, deal with, like, the carnage of, like, what being a superhero really means, like, the bad parts. And even pre-superhero. Oh, like, like the, the, the weapons, weapons and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, like, him saying, like, I wanted you to be better is, like, such a good line that I don't even think Peter really, like, understands. Because um, he's like, I, I do know what this is like. Um, and then the other part, which I know they, like, kind of call back to, like, in a little bit of a corny way, is, like, if you're nothing without the suit, like, then you don't deserve it. And, like, that's, that's like, the crux of, I feel like, the Tobey Maguire... I guess, like, the third movie. Second one, kind of, too. Which one is the one where he's like, stops being Spider-Man? That's the second one. Okay, so in the second one. Um, and, like, they do it in, like, this much cleaner way than in the... I mean, obviously, they're not spending the whole movie about it, but, like, 
he decides to be Spider-Man, like, without, like, the gadgets, like, what you're saying. So I think that they do a good job with it, I guess, is the end of that whole monologue. No, I think it was very well handled. And I and I don't think that conversation was too, like, hand over fist, like, I'm throwing these, like, lessons at you, like, with great power comes great responsibility. But, like, that's essentially what he's saying. That's, like, what Iron Man is saying. Yeah. Like, with the, you could have died, and, like, that would be on my conscience. Like, that's kind of, like, the power, like, the responsibility lesson. Right. But in a, in a different way. Yeah. And, like, Tony could have handled the FBI thing better, but... He's basically like, I'm giving you the tools and, like, the means to, you're already, like, strong on your own, and, like, I wanted to help you, but if you're not going to use it right, then, like, why? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I think it's even, it's, kind of plays into a bit of the identity crisis that we see in the other trilogy or the other series. Because after this, he's not really doing Spider-Man stuff. He's just in school. And he's hanging out with Ned, and he asks Liz to go to Homecoming. And it's, like, life is good because he's not really worried about all this stuff. Well, that's always gets, how it goes with Spider-Man. Right. And then he gets a brutal reminder that, oh, no, like, you can't just walk away from it, which is the Spider-Man 2 thing, like, exactly. And he makes the choice to be Spider-Man. Yeah. Over over any girl. <laughs> um, and then we get Aunt May. And I just, once again, really love Aunt May. And I think this is another reference to her having gone through something. Because um, he, she's, like, so worried. She's like, I've called all these places. Like, you have to answer your phone. Like, she's, like, distraught in a way that's, like, I've been through this before where I don't know where my loved one is. Right. And he died. Or, like, that's how I I, I think that's it. probably right. Um, and, like, Peter immediately knows that. And he's like, I'm okay. I'm right here. Like, and, like, he knows, like, that's why she's so worried. And I think it's not said. And I think that's kind of, like, lovely that they didn't say it. But, I, I mean, I took it that way. Um, that's, I actually didn't really interpret it like that. I just interpret it more as like a, like someone not knowing basically like where their child is. But I, I think you're right that there's an unsaid yeah. additional Like it just sounded there. like someone who has like lost someone in yeah. like a sudden way. Definitely. And then they just like have this like really lovely moment. And then the homecoming stuff. So nobody knows, neither of them know how to tie a tie. So they're watching like a YouTube tutorial of it and stuff. And we get the best twist. Best twist. I still remember this in theaters. Because, like, nobody saw it coming. Of course nobody saw it coming. I was, like, freaking out. So everybody was like... (gasps) I love a twist. And you are good at calling twists. Didn't think about it once. Because, like, why would you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, they were intentional about, like, race also, like, in this with the twist. And, like, very, like good about saying, like, my kid or, like, my family. Like, yeah. they did a good job with it, like, like you said at the very beginning. Like all of which could be generic things that a villain says to get sympathy from the audience. I like, mean, I, I like, believed he had like, a family. Like I'm, right. But he could have been saying it, and we just never meet them. Oh, it's right. it's like, there's yeah. this motivation as he's trying to feed his family, which is like, okay. And then I... 
I had a question going back again to the beginning and the whole, you know, eight years later. Yeah. Um, what year is it? Because the mom is using a digital camera to take the picture. I think that's a mom thing, though. I feel like a mom would still do that. In 2017? Well, this takes place in 2016. Let's say that. Still, no. But I totally buy it. There were definitely people I had a at our camera. college graduation using digital cameras. I had a digital camera until like 2013 or 14 when it was broken. And I just never replaced it. But I also didn't have a smartphone. I feel like as soon as you get like a smartphone, you don't use a digital camera. Maybe she doesn't want a smartphone. Her husband does alien technology. She should have she a better camera situation. Look, these are the important things. These are the details that I pay attention to, not what music is at the beginning. That was super clear. <laughs> oh, whatever. So, like I said earlier, this is not a telegraphed twist at all. Even upon multiple rewatches, yeah. it's hard to parse like if they're trying to give you any kind of little Easter eggs to nudge you in that direction. Um, so the only, like, we talked about the drawing, and mm -hmm. he mentions, uh, you know, like, when the first shocker, like, threatens to basically tell his wife where he gets his money and stuff. This Reddit comment had two notes that I didn't catch. Um, Wait, is one of them that the tinker intercepted a call, like, the mom needs a yeah. oil change? This person, I, I think they, because we don't see the phone screen, I don't think, they interpreted it as Tinker being like, your wife texted you something about a brake light. They were like, maybe it really said something about a broken light at the house because someone broke something at the party. Oh, that's funny. Could be a stretch. And the second one is that when the second shocker and the other minion go to the school to look for the alien core that Peter and Ned have, one of them is like, imagine what the boss would think if he knew where we were right now, because it's the school where yeah, the I daughter Yeah, I thought about that. So, I choose to believe that those, well, the second one is definitely intentional. I choose to believe that the first one is intentional, because I like that a lot. I think that's cute, yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting position that he, that Michael Keaton's character is in to be like, this guy did save my daughter and like I kind of have to like owe him for that but also like he's kind of my like arch nemesis yeah. right now or like my main enemy and like just like the choice that he makes to like be like I'm gonna kind of give you a pass right now but I'm like I'm ready for you kind yeah, of. Yeah and he means it. Um, yeah because they are ready. Shocker's like right there yeah. when he makes the decision. So I don't know I just thought that was I liked that small conundrum that he was kind of in oh that scene in the car is just oh, so, so good. good it's so good i was like freaking out i felt just like tom holland i just love how like they know exactly where they are and who they are and what's happening Liz is just completely clueless. Yeah. And she keeps making it worse. Oh, for sure. I'm like, Liz, shut up. Actually, my favorite part of that car scene is like, so he's like clearly nervous and like out of sorts about it and is like kind of like panicking and is like being weird like in the car, like with Liz. And then as soon as like Liz leaves and he like threatens him, he immediately has like confidence and like knows what he's saying. I was like, wow, that was a really cool acting choice that he made or director's choice yeah. or like what he made there. Like, I don't know if it was like 
he just needed time to figure it out or like he was just kind of didn't know what to say in front of Liz or like being threatened like made him get into gear but either way it was like a cool yeah I mean it was like subtle but I peeped it god just like when the light turns green when he like makes the realization that he's spider-man because it's like vulture green oh so I didn't get that yeah good good catch Griff I mean that's not my catch Oh. At all. I but I remember like seeing I may have I don't remember if I like made that connection when I first saw it, but the the change happens like right when he says like good old Spider-Man. I do think it's important that he makes this like threat, like I'll kill your whole family, because it's gonna be so important at the end of the next movie. Like it it's a good reminder of like why he keeps his identity secret. And then yeah. obviously I have some thoughts at the end of this movie, but um, I, I think that was like really good for him to like threaten him. <laughs> like it was a good um, lesson kind of. Yeah. It's like the fact that even Vulture seems like a somewhat until this point, like a somewhat reasonable. sympathetic villain. Yeah. Reasonable. Like yeah. he's, he has, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's robbing shit, but like, we saw where he came from and why he's doing what he's he doing. He kind of minds his own business. Yeah. Like, but then you start, you threaten to kill somebody's family and it, it ups the stakes a little bit. Yeah. I like that we get a callback to a suit that we don't even really know. Yes. Like, and we still get it. We're like, oh, this is a throwback to his, like, OG days. And, like, I still feel like that nostalgia, even though we didn't. We didn't earn that nostalgia, kind That's of. That's really cool, because it's totally true. Like, we shouldn't care. We don't know what this is. We don't know what he was doing when he was wearing this suit, but... Yeah, but it's cool. Yeah. The eyes are weird. I don't know what's happening. They're, like, white. It looks like there's, like, tissue in there. I'm like, how is he seeing? I don't know. He talks about it in Civil War, because Tony, like, looks through them, and he's like, how do you see? And he's like, he's like, I get, like, overloaded, like... Oh, My senses yay. get overloaded, so it helps me focus. Yeah. Also, yay, Ned. Yeah. Guy in the chair. Well, he and gets out the, of the chair. Good aim with that web shooter. I wouldn't be able to hit that shot. Good thing he was there, because Shocker was kicking his ass. This is the most damage that Shocker's ever done to Spider-Man in any Spider-Man property. He was a pushover in the video game, and he's just generally a goober. Wait, is this supposed to be the same character as... Jamie Foxx's character? No, that's Electro. Oh, okay. I was like, whew. No. I missed that. That went right over my in the, head. <laughs> in the 2018 video game, you might remember, he's like a villain early on. He's like robbing a bank and has like broken out of jail again. And mm -hmm. he's, he's always kind of played as like a pushover. Actually, the first Spider-Man movie adaptation, which had Tobey Maguire returning to do voice work, um, they had Shocker as one of the villains. And he wears, like, this, like, quilted-looking suit that looks like a blanket. And that's the only thing that Peter says to him in combat. He's like, what's going on, padded Pete? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's the pillow. <laughs> he's getting, like, really mad. So that's all I think about when I hear the name Shocker these days. Amazing. Um, I do... Um... He is, like, yeah, he's without his, like, gadgets and without his fancy suit, so it is kind of good to see, like, that does affect him. Like, yeah. It's not just... He's got to rely on his own wits and Peter Tingle. 
Um, no one said that actually in this. No, so. no, we don't have to deal with that yet. Um, I'm on my page three of notes, just so everyone knows where we're at. Oh yeah. <laughs> I picked up on something, and I don't know if you picked up on it in the happy convo. Because like Ned calls happy, right? And there's something that's said in the background. I was like oh. hyped to hear this. I felt what? like a real fan for hearing. What was this. it? I I remember him. Uh, they fuck. mention a prototype of Cap's new shield. Oh yeah. Oh, that's when he's like he's like on the phone, like walking and talking. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which he was already working on the shield because he knew that they were going to become best friends again, or well, not really best friends, but. That's pretty crazy that he was like, yeah, that guy's a total dick, but like also put a new shield together because he deserves it. We might need it. Yeah. Tony Stark, always a couple steps ahead. I was just very excited. Yeah. And he mentioned something else, too, that we never see. It's like a Thor, Thor's magic belt. Yeah, which is yeah. Like, that's, I didn't that's care nothing. about that. That's nothing. The other one, yeah, that actually has some connections. Um, I have a note that I think y'all identify with. I think Michael Keaton only took this role so he could wear that jacket at the end. Oh, hell yeah. That's a good jacket. So good. <laughs> He's very cool, very hip. I like I like that he set up this little set yeah. to give his speech. I'm like, why why is this engine hanging here? Like you're not you're not doing anything. You're just trying to look cool. I very much enjoy his little monologue because I think it's kind of obviously he is just saying it to kill time. But it's but real. It's also true, and it also speaks to like the core like divide between the characters because Peter idolizes Tony Stark, and is basically until the end is like I want to become an Avenger and like join this upper echelon, and Vulture is just saying, "Fuck them, like they don't care." So like you and me can like do our thing, and it it toes the line of like the the cliche villain speech of we're on the same, like we're on the same team. We could do so much together. Like what green goblin says in the first movie, right. but not to that extent. I do think it's different. I think that's a really good thing to point out. Like we're from the same place in like our class. Like they don't talk about class a lot, but they both are. Um, even though vultures house is Hellenized on account of the, Right, but he's, like, <laughs> Dirty very, like, blue-collar, like, salt-of-the-earth kind of guy. Right. And, like, Peter's from, like, not a wealthy, like, family and all that stuff. Like, I do think that's important. And they get to it in other movies. Like, obviously, they, they talk about it with Sam's story. And I actually think this is, like, the closest we get is in Iron Man 3 where we actually go... Remember I was saying, like, we actually leave a city? Yeah. We're in, like, middle America. Even though we're still in New York, like, we're getting a view of a different um, population of people than we normally see. Totally. We spend so much time with people that are... Billionaires. Celebrities, basically. Even if they're not actually billionaires, like Sam, he's still on this national yeah, stage. Yeah, pedestal. Um, we get some AG, Andrew Garfield level acting. I mean, this is an incredible scene. Brutal of Vulture to do that. Have a building fall on top of him. Yeah. 
good plan though, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, he like really like reverts. Like it's not, you know, it's not heroic at all. It's just like he needs help. Like he's just desperate. Mm-hmm. Like you're reminded that he's 15. Did he say he's like 15? 15, like, yeah, yeah. This is like still just a kid and he's under a thousand pounds of rubble. But yeah, really, really good scene. And I think th- this is the part I was <laughs> I hinted at earlier in the episode. Like, this is the comic book moment. Like, he sees his face with like half the mask, and like we hear the I think it's kind of silly voiceover of Tony being like, "If you, you're nothing without the suit or whatever the line is." When we first watched this in theaters, I really didn't like that. Now I'm. I only like it because I feel like they are making a very deliberate comic book kind of, like, wink. Like, they're like, we know that this is a comic book movie. We know this is a Spider-Man movie. Like, this was a Spider-Man movie moment. Yeah. Everything else leading up to this was very Marvel, like, with the Marvel, like, kind of like Stark. That's, like, the Stark glitter. And then this is, like, yeah, this is us doing art. This is really happening. Yeah. And that is literally a comic moment yeah i mean the like, half mask half from the yeah. cover of like that was like a big thing where he's having this monologue with himself being like i'm strong but i have to like i have to prove that i'm like worthy of having this power like by doing this and he does it he's a strong boy yeah yeah he is um, then we get this whole, like, plane thing. Okay, and so the Tinkerer has been talking about this anti-gravity whatever, the whole movie, and it's basically just the same thing that he used... For the truck? ...on the truck, but it's just on an airplane. So I was like, why was there being such a big deal made about this, and why was Michael Keaton so against using it? Unless I missed something. So I think the difference is this has to make a vacuum seal... Because obviously when Spider-Man moves it, it starts blowing everything out of the plane. Yeah. He doesn't have to worry about that with the truck because it's not going that fast. And they're not... Yeah, it's like an airplane. Yeah. The only... I think he was just like... Until he was at the point where he was at, he was like, we're not going to rob a fucking like federal government plane. Oh, okay. Like that is insane. So he just didn't want to do that plan. It wasn't like it wasn't the, the gadget yeah, specific. I, I think he just kept talking about it. He's like, no, I don't... We're not going <laughs> to... We're not going to do the plane thing because that's nuts. And he finally got one over. I feel like that plane crash landing was like really good effects. Oh, I yeah. don't know anything about it, effects, but I thought it looked really it cool looked, it looked and great. like legit. Yeah. Very lucky that it landed where it did. And we get like a really, there are actually a lot of points in the movie where they do really cool stuff with sound. And obviously the sound plane one was really yeah. cool where he's like, can't hear. And then like. Vulture comes in and like that's when the sound comes in and it's like spooky. I'm a sucker for when shows and movies and video games do like the loss of sound things. Yeah, like your ears are ringing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good device and they didn't like overuse it or right. anything. Because it's like, yeah, you're going to walk away from a plane crash, but like you're going to feel it <laughs> in, a, in many different ways. What did you think about this final fight? I mean... I, it's pretty rough. Yeah, it is. It's brutal. But, like, the fact that... I mean, Peter gets wrecked by Vulture Yeah, he here. doesn't, like, beat him. Vulture, like, wins. Yeah, Vulture definitely and won And he that gets fight. distracted. Yeah. 
And the fact that Peter, like, goes through this whole ordeal from homecoming through the plane crash and still has, like, the willpower to get up and run into a fire to save Vulture is, like, classic Spider-Man. Yeah, it is. It's... You cannot illustrate it more clearly than that. But what do you think about him, like, basically losing? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't... It didn't bother me the first time seeing it or, like, any time... It didn't even really bother me this time. I'm just thinking about it now, like, out loud. Yeah. Like, we know he, like, ultimately wins because he, like, saves him and he's, like, the bigger person. He's the bigger (sighs) spider. The way that they intentionally were, like, we're not going to have Spider-Man throw punches in this movie, which they don't, because they didn't want him to be, like... Like, it doesn't make sense that he'd be good at fighting, first of all. Right, but there's also just not... He doesn't win a fight in this movie. You could say that he wins the one in the bank, but it gets ended. Like, he doesn't beat them and then, you know, call the cops. He ends it. I think he wins at that. And, like, he beats them on the ferry. Like, obviously we know what happens with the ferry, but, like... Yeah, I guess it's just... There's there's always a lot of other factors. We don't see him really just fighting somebody hand-to-hand. I don't need a hand-to-hand fight. Like, he can still use all of his Spider-Man stuff. Well, but I think it was in in tone with this movie for him to not win that fight. Yeah, I also think it would be weird if he could fight. I guess, but I'm also like, it's a superhero. Just like, like this know specific Spider-Man story, like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like, it didn't yeah. bother me that in the other movies, but like... Yeah, I I don't know. I'm also like, he went to, Sil- like he was in Civil War fighting there, so like, I don't... But he didn't, he did his Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. He better learn how to fight for the next movie. That's all I'm saying. If he's in there getting his ass beat by well, he's gonna every have villain, help from TM and AG. Now he's got to well, he's got to just do it himself. Sometimes they like they gotta just let him do something. But I think it worked very well, and I really like how it was resolved, and just Vulture being so focused on, like the loot, <laughs> that he was just ignoring the fact that he was gonna blow himself up. Yeah. Even though he knew the nature of all of this technology. He'd been working with it for years. Well, I just... There was a lot happening. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, moving away from that, my friends call me MJ. Yeah, little little reveal there Love at that. the end. I also didn't see that coming. No. No, I think... I didn't know what they were doing with Zendaya's character in the first movie. I was like... What's going on here? Like she's like barely in it. I forgot how little she was. Yeah, in I in my memory there was more with her and like more like kind of quips and stuff. Yeah, all in the second one. I mean, like she has like a bit of a personality, like in the yeah, she definitely has stuff. a personality. But yeah, she is really not in it that much, and like they don't have much of a relationship, even like a friendly relationship. Her relationship with Martin Starr's character is the best. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, that was fun. I but. Before this movie came out, I think people were theorizing that it was MJ, and they kept being like, no, her character's name is Michelle, and we don't know anything about her, and people are like... It's weird that her name's not Mary Jane. Yeah. I don't like that, actually. Yeah. I I think that's... That's like them wanting to distance 
or like make a new character, but I think it was dumb. Yeah, like her name is Mary Jane Watson, and only like I'm some like, people gonna, call her MJ. I'm gonna call her MJ. Just yeah, I don't, I don't really, know. I don't get that choice. She also but. like Michelle. I don't know. They picked a very boring name. Like I don't know why they would do that. Like Mary Jane is iconic. Yeah. There hadn't been a yeah. Whatever. Um, the suit that, the suit that, um, they show at the end that, like, Tony's, like, gonna try and give him, I don't like it. I really like the suit in this movie, like, the main suit, except for I think the spider should be bigger at the center. But. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of the, they call it the iron spider suit. I don't like it either. And I was mad that that's the one he was wearing the whole time in Infinity War, even though it made sense that that's the one he would be wearing. But, um... I have this, had a, this is a really good suit. I have a question for Tony Stark. What were you thinking exposing him to the world? Is that, like, was he going to be like, this is Peter Parker? Or was he still going to be, like, in, I, I really... in costume, you can't see who this is? Because if he was going to expose had, him, that would be so stupid. It had to have been with the, with the mask on. I right? God, I hope so, because... That would have been insane. Just, like, for, for lore reasons, I'm choosing to believe that he wouldn't do that. Yeah. Because even if, if, if Peter had said shame. yes, he would have been like, I'm going to keep the fucking mask on. You can tell him that Spider-Man's an Avenger. And you have the ability to not. <laughs> but, you know, that would even be bad enough because people would be. Then they Someone would find want, out. Yeah. Because you'd be hounded He's all not the time. subtle. Just the, the millionth reason that. Him joining the Avengers as a high school would have been a terrible idea. And he makes the right choice. And I can't believe that, like, Pepper would have been behind this, too. Like, that she would have been, like... It's not like she didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, I guess not. And I will say this. So, she got a... Gwyneth Paltrow got a lot of flack because she was on John Favreau's show. Oh, it was so funny. And she was like... I was in that, like, talking about Spider-Man, but honestly, seeing this, I was like, it makes sense that she wouldn't remember that she was in this movie. It's literally for two lines. And they probably were, they were filming this, like, almost back-to-back -back with Infinity Wars. So, yeah. So, like, why would, yeah, why would she know? Yeah. I mean, it's still, like, a bad look, but, like, people, like, really wrote, I mean, people roast her anyway, but, like, they really roasted her for, like, not remembering. It was pretty wild. Like, I Jack do get Pepper it with being, like, like, um, yes. Like, just yeah, it was just a funny moment. Being in a place where you can be like, oh, was I, was I in that? Like, it's fucking huge deal movie. Um, I also forgot that this was the first time that we see Pepper since Iron Man 3 because she wasn't in Civil War because they were, like, on the rocks as a couple. Oh, we don't yeah. Really, we don't really talk I about forgot that about that. Because they that seem was fine not now. even... I can't. I, I'm really surprised that they didn't. I don't well, know why they, they mentioned had her come it, back. or what, why they had them break up. Like that meant. I nothing. guess to be like that's why she's not here. It's like they there's not, lots of reasons why she's, like, she's not, running a fucking a fucking company. I don't. No, she wasn't. Was she an Age of Ultron? I actually don't remember. I think she must have. Yeah. There. There was. They didn't need to do that. It well, was, is Age of Ultron when they have the party? Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's, like, bragging about her right. to um, Thor. Thor, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I don't know. They were like, let's just cover our bases here, but it just seems silly. I'm like, what, were they on a break for, like, six months? 
Um, is the post first post credit scene the scorpion thing, or is that like part yes. of the movie? Yeah, that's the first post credit scene. Uh, did you have any other notes before that? I did not. Uh, yeah. To, like wrap up. The of course the end of this movie is Peter finding out that he has the new suit, and then putting it on. And then Aunt May walks in. Oh, is that the new suit, or does he just get his old suit back? I think it's the it's the old suit. It's not the Iron Spider one. Yeah, it's, it's just, like the one. He it's had. the one that he confiscated. Um, That's what I thought. And I think that the worst thing that has been done to Spider Man in the MCU is that we never got resolution to that scene about Aunt May, May. finding out. Oh well, I feel like they show it in the next one, like just. Her knowing. See, I disagree because Kevin Feige, all the way back in 2008, was like, there was a scene in one of the comic arcs where Aunt May finds out, and it's like a huge deal, and it's like a whole issue dedicated to it. And he was like in some magazine being like, like all my plans, like if I ever get the chance to do a Spider-Man, I want to adapt this scene because it's so like necessary and, like, a crucial moment for this character. And, like, really? So you, you make this happen, and then we cut to black for comedy, and then when we see her next, like, it's just cool? Like, because I don't buy that for a second. There would have been a huge thing. She would not have been as cool as she is in Far From Home. I like, don't that's know. That's years later, but, like, no way. I feel like Marissa Tomei's character is, like... I don't know. I feel like she would be supportive. I think she would have been supportive eventually, but I also don't... Like, uh, she's the one that makes him take a suit to Italy or whatever. Right, but, like, it just... I don't like that it's just, like, a fact now. Because that's never been done with any of the Aunt Mays that we've seen in the movies. And if she has all this trauma about losing people in her life, there's no way that she would let yeah. this kid, who's basically her son, run around almost getting himself killed all the time. I guess they ran out of time. And like, especially after Endgame and Infinity War, there's no fucking way. Like, that would have made it worse, if anything. Oh, yeah, I forgot that part. Do you think Aunt May disappears in the snap? I think she did. I hope so. I think Honestly, they, because that'd be horrible. I was kind of, well, I was mostly reading about this, or about that scene. Someone kind of mentioned it offhand. I think it comes up at some point, somewhere. Um, but I, I just, I really don't like that they did that. And I don't, the way that these the trilogy's going, I don't think we're going to see it in No Way Home. The only way to me that that would work that I actually saw this in another Reddit comment. They're full of good ideas. I, well, some good ideas, a lot of bad ideas. Um, someone was noting that because the next movie is all about everybody knowing his identity, that maybe they could do like an opening scene that like includes this and yeah. like talking about like what that means and like like him explaining like why that was so important. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I kind of forgot until you just said it that far from home happens post end game. The only thing that, I mean, it's just Tony dying. Otherwise, like, I, I think they kind of messed it up because when we see like the post end game world in the shows, like shit is bad. Right. Like, it is not good. Well, they and deal in, with it better in, like, the other... And in Far From Home, they're like, why are you going to Italy right now? Like... <laughs> yeah, just... But everything's, everything's still, like, on normal. fire. They're like, look, we just want to do this, okay? Ugh, that's that's a whole other thing, but... Um, but, yeah, the, the post credit scene. 
I like that Michael saves him. Yeah. Even though it's only temporary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not for Michael. When I say Michael, I mean Michael Keaton, right. obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he, you know, wards it off for a couple of years at least. Also, he's like so... He'll, he'll do fine in prison. He's like oh, so yeah. tough and like... He, like, responded so well, like, to him. Like, was so believable. Yeah. Like, kind of like this little scoff. If I knew what he was, who he was, he'd already be dead. <laughs> Love it. Oh, it's very good. And that's, like, the... I, I guess that could have been the start of a setup for, like, a Sinister Six thing. Because that's two of the Sinister Six right there. If they'd wanted to do it. Scorpion? Yeah. Scorpion's oh, a cool character. I and really this, love that actor. He's so good. He's just so talented. If you haven't seen him, shout out to Better Call Saul. Yeah, if you haven't seen him in Better Call Saul, he's in something else too. Uh, Orphan Black. He's an Orphan Black. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. There's also there's another Better Call Saul actor coming to the MCU, so just catch up on it. Um. Yeah, and then we get another uh, Cap scene at the very end, being like, "Sometimes you're patient, and it doesn't pay off." And that is such a, like, shit on all of those Marvel fans that sat, like, we always do, waiting so for funny. all the credit scenes. And, like, the it, at the time, it was like, damn, these credits are long as shit. And now, like, the credits have gotten way longer. Like, I think the Black Widow credits were by far the longest that we sat through to get to the post-credit scene. Um, like, not only is it, like, a nod to Cap doing these videos, but it's also a throwback to, like, the original post credit scene, or maybe not the original, but the Ferris Bueller, like, why are you still here? Like, go home. Oh, I didn't know that. I just, I just feel like it is. I mean, Deadpool, I mean, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. The Ferris Bueller. He like comes out of his room and he's like, "The movie's over." Oh like, yeah. Why are you still here? Love it. And Deadpool like literally did that scene the year before this came out. I do so. kind of remember that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. What a good one. Yeah, this is great. I, I can't believe we're already here. Next is Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Our namesake-ish. Yeah, that's going to be... There's, there's so much to talk about Into the Spider-Verse. That's going to be so good. Um, what was your favorite scene from this movie? Uh, I got to pick the the car. Anything, Everything from the him opening the door at Liz's house to him, um, like getting out of the car it's just so good i know it's kind of devastating but i think staten island staten island fairy is my favorite i love when he goes and like she's <laughs> like you are 98 percent successful and then it all like goes wrong i don't know i just it's a very exciting scene it is and i just feel so bad when that guy's like yeah spider-man and then a minute later yeah iron man <laughs> um any other Thoughts or things you wanted to talk about with Tom, T-H's Spider-Man? We got T-M, we got T-H, A-G, M-M, Miles Morales. Well, I don't actually know, like, the background of the production on this movie. But I know it happened fast enough that I think they, they made something really good with the time that they had. Because they cast Tom Holland in summer 2015. And... You know, he was a really late addition to Civil War. <laughs> like, super late game. They they had a movie basically ready to go if they couldn't get Spider-Man, and it would have been very different. So the fact that they 
were able to get the rights, cast the character, first do a good job of introducing him to the universe in what was already a very crowded movie, and then cast all these other people, get the writers and directors, and come up with this in two years. It is Marvel magic, you know? Also, him getting down that accent was very impressive for Tom Holland. I did not, like, I forget that he's not American until we watched one of the deleted scenes. You noted that one of them, his accent slipped a little bit. It was like in the video camera stuff, I think. I think it was. Um, Also, I think he passes, maybe not quite as 15, but I could guess a 16 or 17 year old. Totally. I mean, he was what, 18 when they filmed it? Something like that. He was still pretty young. Maybe Maybe 19. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Oh, no, maybe he was 17. Either way, like. Very believable. Yeah. And of course, it's still believable now, even though it's been, it really hasn't been that long. They, They pumped out an entire Spider-Man trilogy in the time that it took for Doctor Strange to get a sequel. Yeah, I guess Which is fucking crazy. Is he still in high school? Yeah. I hope he's like a senior at least. Because he was a sophomore in this. Yeah. And then the snap. Yeah, so somewhere. They could probably have him graduate in the next movie. If they want to... If they even get there, yeah. I don't know what the the plans are, so... Okay, well, lots to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, Let us know your thoughts on Tom Holland's first outing. We're on Instagram. We always post something fun for the episode of the week, so... Yeah, if you're not following us on the gram, check us out. Um, Into the Superverse. Our email is intothesuperverse at gmail. Yeah. Please hit us up. We'd love to hear from y'all. And also hit us with that five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts if you've enjoyed what we've been doing. And we are out of the the superverse. superverse.